Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands. I'd say after, what, months of maybe not begging, but persistent asking, John Burroughs is in studio as my guest co-host. Hello, hello. So would you, persistent asking, is that a... That's it, yeah. Okay. And all the way from our first out-of-state guest, Chambersburg, PA, we have Dave Kozlowski, co-founder and brewmaster of Gearhouse Brewing Company. How's it going, everybody? Really good. How about you? I'm doing great. Living the dream, man. Uh, I'm I'm doing great now, too, because I remember, what was the name of this? Erdbeeren. It, it is absolutely delicious. German for strawberry, my first ever Berliner-style Weiss beer. I'd say you hit it. I'm pretty happy with it. So what did you said beforehand that you thought it tasted like spring? Yeah, it's like it's what you want to drink in a nice spring day. I know, hot day especially. Yeah. Low alcohol, 4.8%. It is a wheat beer, so it does have a little more texture and body in the mouthfeel. But then I threw a little oats in there as well, and then the berries added. 50 pounds of local fresh strawberries that were harvested near us uh, went into the end of the boil for the last 10 minutes. So. Yeah, probably out in that area, you have access to a lot of local fruits. and We do, and we're doing the best we can to try and incorporate as many local things as possible into my recipes. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about your history a little bit. You've, you've had a fairly decent career in brewing. I, I have. I've been fortunate and lucky. I, uh, it all started on one weird day when I was running around Maryland working as a construction guy, basically. And I applied to a winery in Loudoun County, Virginia, Bro Vineyards, a lot of people locally know. Uh, I literally ran into the winemaker one day to apply to go work in their tasting room for a weekend job. And he had just lost his assistant, but he didn't have time in the middle of harvest right then to look at my resume or talk to me. But he did call me a week later and offer me a job. And I spent three years with him. I then got my foot in the door at Flying Dog when they first moved here into town, and I spent just shy of five years with Flying Dog, starting off in the cellar and learning everything about the production of beer I could. What, what uh, position did you end up at when you left there? I left there as a senior brewer, uh, if you could call us that. Uh, I was one of the old guards, so to speak, one of the, the last new hires to come through the door and stayed there uh, until my mother passed away very suddenly in 2013. And then I had to go to South Carolina for a brief period of time and help my dad out. But when I came back, I did not know my wife had already applied for me to work at Trogues. <laughs> that was uh, nice that she took care of that she for you. She did. She went ahead and sent in my application, and they called me for an interview. And I was a little shocked that they knew I was looking for work. But uh, <laughs> they hired me pretty much on the spot, and I hadn't looked back. I spent just shy of three years with Trogues as well. Very different system, very different style of brewing, but I'm doing the best I can to take a little bit of everything from what I've learned over the last 10 years. And then what did you always plan on or have the desire to open your own? Or My wife just... and I have been calling it our pipe dream for probably the last 12 years now. Before I even got into brewing, we wanted to do something that was either bicycle and or beer related. And we had been pitching a, a homebrew style micro nano brewery with a bike repair shop, you know, where people come in and just fix their bikes, not just buy a new bike all the time. And then we were going to have people serve pints and, you know, they could wait while their shop, while their bike was getting worked on and watch through the glass while the mechanics are repairing or replacing stuff for them. Um, so, yeah, it, in a nutshell, we were always planning something like this, but I never expected what Gearhouse is now. It's amazing. It really is. Because you've, what, Four, no, longer than four, but it, it's well under a year that you've been open. Right. We've only been open about six months, just just over six months. December 16th was our soft opening, and that was literally one year to the day that we even closed on our building, which is pretty fantastic in and of itself. You guys have, I mean, you're kind of exploding, aren't you? I mean, I see it seems like a it. lot of, I and mean, I haven't been there yet, and I apologize for that. It's no just, worries. I sometimes don't leave Frederick for a long, <laughs> long Sometimes stint. it's good to get out of town. Yeah. Um, so Chambersburg feels really far away to me, although what is that half? It's half about 40? barely an hour. It's barely about, an hour. It's yeah. about okay. 55 minutes by maps. Once you're on 81, it's just like yeah. straight up 15 minutes and you're there. Yeah. Someday I'll make it there. It's um, an awesome but, facility. But from watching online and the, there seems to be a whole lot of very positive buzz yes. about your yes. house. We have been hitting social media very hard so that we're not spending a lot of money in marketing and advertising. And that has been 
along with our patrons, word of mouth, normal word of mouth, our sales and our growth are immense, actually. We're really impressed. So is is there really much competition in that area? We do it? have another brewery in town. Roy Pitts is actually pretty much physically across the street from our location. Uh, they've been around a lot longer than we have. They've been open a little over eight years now. Uh, but they just opened a new facility out in Philly, and I believe their focus has been working towards a sour fermentarium in that neck of the woods. Uh, they do have a nice restaurant. They have nicer sit-down meals. They have a different style of brewing than I do. So is that is that the only other brewery in the general area? And yes. then would, like, the Hagerstown, uh, Williams, like, Cushwa. Cushwa is the next closest. Yeah. yeah. So that probably actually helps you it does. a decent amount with them being directly across the street because then – Anyone who wants to hit up breweries. A like, lot of people ask little... all the time, and I say, you know, when you see a gas station, don't you see their competitor across the street yeah. from them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Fast food's the same way. Grocery stores are very similar. It it helps drive growth. When yeah. you have a centralized location for pe- where people know they want to go towards a certain area, they may not know where they want to go in particular. At least they are heading in the right direction. And having more competition, more other breweries right around there, it's going to drive more people to come there. Yeah, Just like that's what... Frederick, people, more and more people are coming here because hey, there's more breweries. We can hit four or five in one day. Precisely. You turn it into a road trip yep. destination location. And that's where I think we are helping put Chambersburg on the map as a destination now in South Central PA. So what sort of, what, what's your brew house and the rest of your system like? So I am working on a very cobbled together five barrel direct fire brew house. It's a two vessel system, actually. Uh, we do have a mill and an auger. Uh, I do have a converted plastic conical as a grist case. Uh, but we have skirted tanks, so it's not an open flame, but it's a very warm environment. Uh, we have seven five-barrel fermenters, and we have three bright tanks. Um, five of our tanks came from the basement of Suffolk Downs in Boston and were 25-year-old pub tanks last used by a chain up there that lost their glycol cooling, so they were selling all their equipment because their brewery failed. Uh, they had two other locations to fill in their brewing needs, so they just sold the equipment that they didn't want to keep. So we found a bunch of our equipment and built the brew system that way up and down the eastern seaboard. Rubber sole down towards uh, Evolution, and I'm forgetting the name of the area. Uh, we got some of their smaller tanks, actually, to do some of our barrel aging and things with. I had a session IPA from Rubber I'd never heard of them before. Yeah, he's and actually had, from Chambersburg, too. Okay, yeah. I, had, I had one of his uh, a session IPA from there when I was in Ocean City a couple weeks ago. It was, it was really good. Their beer is good. And uh, they've been growing and expanding. Breweries, I think, in general, have been showing a lot of expansion and growth, not just new breweries opening all the time, but those breweries that are already open are noticing more and more traffic. There seems to be a lot more involvement when it comes to the craft of beer and local food source. Hey, John, why don't you talk for a little bit while I try to fix the popping on the popping. Uh, David's mic? Oh, that might be just the way I talk. <laughs> no, it's not. One night, one one thing that my wife and I love about when we come up to Gear House, not only do we see our friends and hang out, it's a great environment, but you guys also have food there too. Yes, we to do. To keep people there longer. And it's not just, oh, we have pub grub. No, you guys have like really good pretzels and tacos and things that change all the time, charcuterie plates and such. Correct. So could you tell, me, tell us a little bit more about that? So, yeah, we have a fantastic kitchen team, actually. Two of our owners run the kitchen, Candace and Jesse McMath. Uh, two of our other owners actually bought the building, Heather and Van Gray. And then my wife and I, Aaron and myself, uh, we do most of the business handling for the most part. Um, we have a rotating menu of beers. As I had mentioned, it's a small brew house, so we're constantly trying to put something different out on the taps every time something else comes down. Uh, the f- kitchen is doing very much the same thing. We're striving for that locally sourced, well-known, well-made product that's going to be healthier for everybody who comes. So we work with a lot of small businesses like York City Pretzel that John just mentioned. We do the, instead of a traditional Bavarian pretzel, it's a stick. It's a lot more edible that way. We have some house-made gravy and beer cheese we serve with it. We have the charcuterie board that comes from some of our local meat markets. And then, you know, we have fresh vegetables and stuff that are delivered to us weekly for daikon radish and cucumbers and celery. And we even have vegetables out in the garden that we can pull for the kitchen, tomatoes, jalapenos. I have sorrel and rhubarb that I've been throwing in beer, actually, from our garden on site. We have a hop yard on site. Uh, like I said, we're, we're definitely shooting for local. Yeah. Farm, farm to glass, farm to table. 
And you you are you're classified as a farm brewery. We is are that, not. Oh, no. you're not. No. I thought I've seen references places calling it a. We call ourselves farm influenced. Oh, okay. It's like farm adjacent. Farm adjacent. Farm adjacent. It's <laughs> a I, good way to put that. I'm quite proud that I did fix the popping. I didn't hear a bit of it, to be honest. I want a pat on the back for that. Just so, drink your beer. <laughs> I'll, I'll okay. I'll take a beer for it. There you go. So now I. One, so you definitely worked on a very wide spectrum of brew houses then. Yes. In Flying Dogs is somewhat advanced, but it's still pretty old. It's, I mean, it's, still it's an outdated pushed. system, and a lot of it's still very manual. And then for anyone who hasn't been to Trogues, Trogues is practically a macro brewery yes, type system where you load a load a recipe, click run, and it just does it. Effectively, so. yes. There's there's not a whole lot of input, really, when it comes to brewing on that kind of a system. It's 90% automated. So what what is does that take all the fun out of it? Or You would think so, but no, it doesn't. It, it yeah, still enjoy it? There, you still enjoy it, but it just is not as fun as what I'm doing now, where I'm literally stirring tanks by hand. <laughs> you know, this this is something where you're more monitoring and making sure everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing and within the spec that it's supposed to be. Whereas with craft, the way I'm doing it now, this is true hands-on making beer with as few implements and tools as possible. Which way do you prefer? Uh, I prefer automated right now. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, how often do you long for that? Uh, there mouse are days click? I miss it for sure. There are days I miss it. How many days a week are you brewing on that system to keep up with your demand? So with our seven fermenters, I don't actually keep a living production schedule. It's too hard to keep up with, and so the beer basically tells me when it's done and time to move. Um, with that, I am generally brewing a beer and a half every week, give or take. Right on. On as an average. So the did you get to work on the scratch? Yes, that yes. System a lot too, yes. and that's probably more along the lines of how you're working. A little bit now closer. Or... It's a really nice system compared to what I'm working with right <laughs> now because there's blenders and mixing blades and steam jacketed heat and everything. And direct fire is definitely hot and will cook your skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you had mentioned um, you, you and your wife had always. The pipe dream was the brewery and the bike thing. So yep. you're also you're very into biking. Yes, you're, like gear houses is cycling has, oriented. Yeah, and yes. you you kind of stick to our logo, the orange cog. Um, and also I know that you um help support a local pump track. Yes, so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I thought that so was a cool concept. Of, we, uh, one of the other co-owners and I, I Jesse McMath was destined to be my assistant brewer earlier on and I was teaching him how to brew on our pilot system which is a three-tier keg based keggle system um, and he wrote a recipe that we named pump drag pale ale and I made a batch of that shortly after we were open and the proceeds of that beer we donated 50 cents of every pint filled to the borough of Chambersburg specifically earmarked to go to the city-owned dirt uh, dirt park pump track that we have it's a bike park kind of like motocross but for bmx and mountain bikes um with that that money was specifically earmarked to go towards expansions and upgrades with that park and it, they have already put that to use oh um, awesome they, nice. they've already expanded the park and added dirt and filled in areas and neaten things up and they still want to do more stuff and it's getting a lot of use a lot of local traffic uh kids definitely especially with the summertime right now they're always hanging out there we see them whenever we're driving by. It's not that far from the building, even, you know, stone's throw. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. There, are there many adults that use it? So you can try um, to siphon some uh, we do, we do actually business get off of there? Quite a few of adults, but I think uh, that that is a little bit of a tight niche for the area that we have uh, to have a drinking age patrons who are interested in cycling that style. We do have a lot of riders in Chambersburg, and we're actually all members of the Franklin County Cyclists, which is a road group. I'm not preferably a road rider, but the rest of everybody is. <laughs> uh, Jesse and I actually, we made really good friends initially because of mountain biking. And I grew up a mountain biker and a bike mechanic in college as well and raced a little bit in the southeast circuit down in South Carolina area. So, yes, I've been around bikes my whole life. <laughs> yeah, there, there seems that... Seems to be a, a very large cross section uh, within the beer culture and biking culture. There is. I wonder if it's just like 
like the personality of people who like each or is just that basically every subculture also enjoys beer I, that's a great question. You know, I, it probably is really that every subculture does enjoy beer, or at least the majority of it. You question what kind of beer yeah. or whose beer, but beer as a whole, yes, we can lump it all together in that way. Um, but it is very interesting to need to see how the hippie hipster cross kind of it follows craft beer, really, because you have a lot of green and eco-friendly and a lot of cycling and mass transportation kind of many cultures within the craft industry it's i think wait because even a lot of breweries where while they may not be i mean not not quite themed but but cycling in in influence although there definitely are a lot of that yes um but so many breweries like sell jerseys or like they they definitely have some sort of cycling within them, like Trogues. Right. Has a they sell whole jerseys. Of... Flying Dog, actually, I believe, sold cycling jerseys at one point. So it's a, it's a really cool cross section. So you guys going to get jerseys too? No. Uh, John's not much of a rider. Not anymore. My wife and I have four bicycles, and we do not ride them at all. That seems it's like sad. a waste. It lot, is. A lot of things in my life are a waste. <laughs> 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 I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. It's quite all right. No. Um, I want to ask you, you guys do some sort of a private like VIP club thing? Oh, yes. Right now. I'm sorry. We yeah, have tell the, me about that. The High Gear Club is our mug club that we're allowed to do in Pennsylvania. Uh, we are doing for a $250 annual membership first year uh you get the right of first refusal for the second year it'll be a reduced rate for the second year but the first year you get a handmade uh stonecraft growler from uh, outpost growlers it's that's actually, all the pictures you posted those look pretty cool th- he's still nice. working on making all of them right now and he's only making a hundred because we're only doing a hundred memberships so once they're gone they're gone and only members get those growlers uh, you also get a 10 percent discount anytime you're at the building for anything gearhouse makes beer food um, you also get a one-time 50% discount on our event space, which we are finalizing right now as we speak uh, to be used for the first time this weekend. Uh, it fits up to about 40, 45 people. It has separate taps. It has a separate restroom. It can be open independent of the rest of the building. Normally, that event room is a $300 fee, so 50% off actually saves you quite a bit of money for that. We also are going to have special glassware that will be on-site for members only to use. Uh, there will be a very distinct tulip uh, with individual markers for different size pours, so they will always use the same glass regardless of what beer we're putting in it. Um, and then they get a membership card and a special T-shirt. We're doing everything we can to put together four very special events for them, including the very first kickoff party, which we're trying to schedule for mid-August, I believe, right now. And that will get their first growler. We will get everybody's shirt sizes double-checked and confirmed so that we can get those shirts turned in and done as soon as possible. The growlers will be filled with beer of choice for the first event. We are going to do a chocolate and beer pairing and tasting uh, with our local chocolatier, Nathan Miller, who's also pretty well known up and down the eastern seaboard in New York City area. Uh, The second event is going to be scheduled for sometime in November, and there will be an extremely rare bottle release going to each individual member. I have a Brett soured porter that's been aging in a wine barrel for almost two years now. Oh, wow. And we have just enough to fill some bottles and make that a really big enticement for people to come join our club. It's, you posted about that, that that bottle the other day on Facebook. And the barrel, that's, yeah. That's why I'm asking you about this because I didn't know enough about it. I'm like, hmm. A lot of people have been asking, and I've been trying to tell everybody it was a secret and super, but now is a good time to go ahead and mention yeah. it. So do you still have space available? Can people still oh, sign yes. up for it? Oh, yes. We still have uh, 80 memberships available, I believe, right now. So, How do people go? Do they have to go into the brewery to sign up? Do, uh, do you do it online? We or? can't take membership online. We do ask that people swing by the building. Uh, normally, I'm there pretty much every day and can run that transaction, You know, but we are open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you swing by any time after 2 on Thursdays and Fridays and afternoon on Saturday, We'll definitely get you taken care of. If you have any other questions, we can definitely answer those for you on site as well. Or if you just want to come see the Growler in person, we have the first run already on site. Nice. They, they look super cool. They and are. I mean, that that price really is even 
that much more than what you would pay for for a, a custom handmade yeah. growler. Yeah, I I went to the Dogfish Head Ale House in Rehoboth, and they have some custom growlers that they're selling, and they they ranged from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty dollars easily. The, yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a bargain. And then we also ordered drink tanks and some single wall stainless growlers too, because the glass growlers just don't always hold up very well over time. We wanted something durable and available to the rest of the market. So we have normal growlers on site also, but those those custom handmade ones by Growler Outpost, uh, they are specific to members only. Not even nice. I'm going to get one. We can join. Still have 80. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. I maybe, maybe I should I just get a, buy my own membership. I get, a fr- I get a friend there. Her name is Erin. She can, she can hook you up. She can hook me up. <laughs> yeah. I know Somebody one of the owners. get her on the phone. <laughs> Speaking of wives, we should take this moment to – publicly ask our wives if we can go ahead and join that taryn can we get memberships please my, my 10th anniversary is on friday that'd probably be a good anniversary gift Uh-oh. hint hint wink wink well, nod, nod know what i mean but my my wife has never listened to this oh, oh mine hasn't either oh. yeah, so oh. it won't work maybe, maybe your listeners will chip in yeah <laughs> buy us stuff buy us buy me something anything but if it were a membership to the high gear club that would also be great. or listeners can just buy their own membership that would work too yeah well you know anyone who supports a friend i'm we into should. is there any more of the strawberry? strawberry yeah but we can open something else if you'd rather let's Actually, talk about yeah, what else you try, got let's try another one you're closer i got a microphone in my face it, it moves all righty what would we like the shifting gears or trail angel the Trail Angel is a Hopfenweiss. Again, it's another wheat beer that's brewed with oranges and coriander. Uh, Shifting Gears is my IPA series because instead of making the same IPA over and over and over again, I want to tweak it all the time. So the malt recipe is generally the same for most of these. Number seven is actually a twist because it's a Belgian IPA. Nice. So Belgian yeast strain, Amarillo nugget hops. Beautiful. Well, which would you recommend we go with next then? I... I Trail Angel would beers. probably be, if you're doing a sampling and you want to taste them properly, I would go Trail Angel next. So uh, why did you um, choose Chambersburg? Is it- Honestly, we moved there, my wife and I moved there from Frederick when I first was hired with Trogues so that we could cross-commute. Aaron was still commuting down here to Frederick, and I was commuting to Hershey. Uh, but then she was shortly thereafter promoted to work from home full-time. And didn't have to commute down here to Frederick anymore, so we bought a house there. Uh, we had made friends with two of the other owners previously, Heather and Van Gray. Uh, we actually met them at a friend of a friend's party, and they were the only other couple drinking actual craft beer and not either spirits or crap beer. <laughs> uh, and then Chambersburg actually provides a lot of great benefits because... We have a co-op within the borough, so the borough owns our utilities. We pay our utilities are all on one bill. And commercial rates in PA are actually much lower than most other places. On top of that, we get our water from Long Pine Reservoir, which is Michaux State Forest, Caledonia Park area, just down the road towards Gettysburg a little bit to the west. All of that water is beautifully, fantastically perfect for brewing. Um, we do run all of our water through a charcoal filtration system, but we don't have to go high speed with reverse osmosis. We don't have to treat our water that much really at all. Uh, most of my recipes, I don't really have to do any kind of salt adjustments because oh, our nice. water is pretty awesome. Nice. Do you find the um, laws for breweries? Are uh, definitely more? in our favor more in PA than okay. here. Yes. Uh, just in... Like all around, or just from be like the standpoint of being able to open up, it seems like breweries can do. Even though Maryland's slowly starting to catch up, breweries can do cooler stuff. There's breweries, a lot more leadway, leeway of what you can. Breweries in Pennsylvania definitely have a gift horse that was handed to us with Act Thirty Nine that went through in 2016. Now we, similar to distilleries and wineries in the state and cideries as well have the option to serve to the public anything that is produced in Pennsylvania. So we actually provide Thistlefinch for spirits. We have rye whiskey, vodka, and gin that they provide us. Uh, we make beer cocktails out of those, or traditional cocktails. We have a very limited bar. Oh, um, that's great. So 
any as long as it's made in Pennsylvania, you can sell it. Yes, that's, that's amazing, including awesome. other breweries' beer if we wanted. So we could do a tap takeover of some other brewery, or if we're doing a collaboration like we actually just did with Pizza Boy, who's just up the road, South Harrisburg area. Uh, yeah, we so just the, I went there for the first time a few months ago. You drove and, right by on your way there. Well, I was on a bus, like it was a bus, it was like ah, a field you, trip. You type pulled of the thing. emergency brake, man. <laughs> that's what it's there for beer emergencies. Pizza and Boy is pretty awesome, though. Pizza Boy I is awesome. do love that place. Terry Hallbaker and Al Kaminsky are doing a fantastic job there. One of my all-time favorite beers ever was a collaboration between Pizza Boy and Trokes, and it was a triple mango IPA. Yep. And that is one of the best beer. It was almost – it was borderline painful to drink. It felt like you're – It was just, syrupy, yeah. Your mouth was being assaulted by just the bitterness ripping everything yep. away. Uh, but it was so good. It was delicious. I think we were just doing test runs of that when I was leaving Trogues, actually. And I gave them eight months' notice before I left to officially go start Gearhouse. Yeah, I wish they would make that again or more often. That's I think a they made it one off. Well, I think Never it was. Again. I think it. I think they ended up making it one other time. Because I remember. Yeah, they, I think you're right. They did. Actually. I drove up for it one other time, but it's only like they've only made it twice. And it, the first time it was like. It was because of a homebrew competition? Yes, or like I do believe a, that's true. It was a homebrew yes. winner, like the county homebrew competition. Or yeah, there's a, there's a couple of homebrew shops that are in the Harrisburg area that are pretty well known for their brewing competitions and things like that. I don't remember their names because I didn't live close enough to go there. We have homebrew for less in Chambersburg. So, Are you... Have you, are you anywhere near Good to Go? That's in Chambersburg, isn't yes, it? Yes, it oh, is. I love that place. We we have a couple of people who used to work there actually work for us now. Oh, cool. <laughs> so that's cl- <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure Chambersburg isn't that big, so it's it not. probably is close to where you It are. is pretty close. Um, it's on the other side of town, really, from where our location is, but in reality, that's only a matter of a couple miles. It's a five-minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you plan on... Doing distribution, or is your plan right now just to my, serve out of the tap room? And my personal plan was no distribution, not no way, not no how, not ever. Uh, however, my wife and the other teammates are slowly turning the screws to provide some kegs to Hagerstown area. Uh, we've had a couple of people ask uh, for bar service to have our beer on at their locations and then also in Greencastle area as well and then we also had somebody else tell us that maybe the really cool beer bar the fridge up in Lancaster area might be interested in having our beer on tap as well so we're looking at maybe spreading some love here soon so I'm guessing if you didn't even want to distribute kegs to bars you really don't want to bottle or can I hate packaging (laughs) (laughs) I hate packaging as much as I hate filtration yeah. And they both go hand in hand. You can't provide a product in a in a bottle or a can unless it is cleaned to the point that you know it's safe for the public. Uh, apparently you don't have to because I've seen a bunch of pictures lately <laughs> of places that, that have not bothered to do that. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> That's fair. You apparently don't have to. It's fair. That's true. Yeah. I think for a more consistent product, if you're going to actually put something on a shelf, you need to make sure that it is consistent. You don't want the that's key. Leave any yeast left in there to wake up and blow up your can or bottle. No, you don't want to have to make massive recalls and yeah. lose a bunch of product and dump it down the drain because one person hurt themselves yeah. and they treated their can stupid or their bottle stupid. And it or get up. bad reviews because of it. Right. So Yeah, it's, it's a dangerous thing, and a lot of people... Yes, they want to see my beer out there and in the store and make it easier to find. And on days when I'm not open, they want to be able to drink it. But that's why we have crawlers. That's why we have growlers. We can fill stuff on demand, and you can take it home with you for the rest of the week. As a as a patron, could I come up there and buy a sixtal from a home kegerator? Would you sell that? Actually, we have been discussing that. We can do that for a few people. We can't have everybody come rushing us for kegs, unfortunately, because, because we of the, only size, have the volume so many. you, you right. produce. Yeah. You're looking at a total of ten kegs per batch for half barrels, um, right. in order for me to do each beer. And my quantity is very limited. My time is very limited in trying to keep track of where all those kegs are. I definitely yeah, can't be doing full time yeah. just. Cake inventory. Exactly. So but I'd, our friends, we have done things like that for, yes. So I had posted on – well, you didn't say good friends, so you may count. He counts. So the um, – congratulations. Good job. Oh, 
Don't hit the mic. Eight. So recently I posted on Facebook, there was um, some website I never heard of, so I don't know, I don't remember where it was, but it was talking to brewers of trends that they wish would go away. <laughs> um, and one of them I was perplexed by because the guy said that uh, growlers, he wishes growlers would go away. And I, I want to quote it exactly and get, there was, there was some people who replied and made valid points. Um, I think I know the article and post that you're referring to because I kind of agree with him. About hating growlers? I don't, or... I'm not a huge fan of growlers because if we don't take the time to clean everybody's growler that walks yeah, in the Yeah, so door, I hadn't thought about that and that is we can't quality control. Yeah. So our in, beer is going to taste properly whenever they go to open and the I, and, and I guess I wasn't thinking the standpoint of like, if you're someone who goes through the trouble of owning a growler, you probably know you how to care for it. Clean it properly. There are probably yeah. a lot of people that don't. They just I've gotten quite be... a few in the, at my place that were just smelled awful. I know people who bring them with them all the time, but they'll leave them in their car, and they didn't rinse them when they filled them or emptied them last. <laughs> yeah. And then they expect you to put beer in it, and you open it, and it's like, oh, my God, something died in here. Yeah. I'm not putting my beer on that. I'm sorry. So no. I think that's a valid point, but that isn't even one of the reasons that were cited for, oh, okay. I jumped ahead. for not wanting it. And there are reasons like you could even you could say for any possible way that you sell beer other than in a pint glass. It was um, where is it at? This is riveting listening. I bet. So new beers coming up while you're looking for that. We yes, have a will... chocolate cherry porter coming down the road, made with some more Nathan Miller's milk chocolate, and we have. Wiser Family Farms sweet cherries that were delivered fresh the other day. Nice. Um, we have more Mad Machinist coming down the road. Love the Mad Machinist. One of my favorites. Whenever That's, whenever I, we go there, I always get it. If it's on tap, it, I get a Mad Machinist It first. will be on tap again on Saturday when we open at noon. Saturday. Saturday at noon. Saturday. I, th- I, may, I may have to try to fit that into my Saturday schedule. There you go. Because I... I that seems worth the drive. And do you have more of those hats at the brewery? Yes, I actually we do. want. I almost sent you a message to see if I could somehow pay remotely and have you bring it. Because ever since we could have figured something, you out. and Eric were here, and mm-hmm. Eric was wearing that hat. I was like, I want one of those. Hats. Well, now you have a yeah. reason to yeah. come into the building, and that's kind of why I didn't reply. I was like, that'll help give me added motivation. There you go. And then now knowing that you have amazing soft pretzels, because I love soft pretzels. Oh, they're fantastic too. And the only place that. Anywhere near here that has soft pretzels is Barley and Hops now, actually. The new yeah. soft pretzels you guys have. We do good. have very nice soft pretzels. We have all sorts of artisanal flatbreads and different kinds of sliders from the kitchen. And I think that's like a Pennsylvania thing, right? Yeah. Because, it, I mean, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, and you get an amazing soft pretzel everywhere. And then here, they're right. just few and far between. It's the, the Dutch-German background, I think, for yep. PA. <laughs> so it says it's an inefficient... Poor serving vessel. It doesn't hold well. Once we pour it and cap it, we have no idea how long it's going to be in there until it's drunk. If it's going to be stored cold or rolling around in the car, mm-hmm. all hail the crowler. My argument is what he said is you can say the exact same thing about a crowler, you though. You really could. Other than the um, no light struck with crowler. This it is true. Is, it is a dark, completely yeah. sealed from light container. Uh, unless you, what if you have a um. Hydro Flask or the, okay. the brand that you're using. Yeah, the drink There's tanks, no the SS Growlers. Uh, that's why we did prefer to go with the metal ones because they are a little more durable and they do obscure all light. That is important because light struck is immediate and you can taste it in beer. I think mm-hmm. general, I just hate these types of lists. <laughs> and that one just, it annoyed because, I mean, I could... I could take that Crowler right now. I could throw it in my car, leave it in there a day. Could. It's rolling around all over the place. Yep. And it's going to taste just as awful as this guy thinks that... uh... Uh, Chances are higher that the can is going to probably taste more like it's supposed to. The growler problem is because the cleanliness and the nooks and crannies of a container that's being reused. You can't always guarantee that it's absolutely clean before you put beer in. And you know these are brand new every single time. And they're single use. No one's ever used them before. Yeah, Yeah. But it doesn't even list that. Now that would have been a valid reason. Right. Yeah. The nice thing with Crowlers also is it's a smaller container, so you're looking at two pints instead of four pints in a 64-ounce Growler. Not everybody's ready to sit down and so drink the, four beers at a time. Those are two reasons I, I could list for, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> We're professionals <laughs> here. Yeah. We practice. You're doing, you're doing market research. Exactly. The um, I mean, two reasons I prefer Crowlers over Growlers is 
that reason that sometimes I don't want 64 ounces of a beer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, or like I love those three pack holders because then I get three different. And that's a six yeah. pack effectively of beer in three cans. Yeah. It's, it's a, I personally think it's a great way to transport your beer, great way to sell your beer, package your beer. It's safe for the environment because it's collapsible and crushable, recyclable. You're not breaking glass at the beach. Yeah. You can yeah. take it hiking. You can take it camping. It's when you gonna... go bike camping, you right. throw it in your backpack. And how it's many in a of water us... bottle cage. Yeah. Wink, wink. How <laughs> many of us have too many glass growlers at home already? Uh, I have I... a whole shelf. I well, don't so need any more. That, that's my second reason is because no matter how many growlers I have, I still never have it with me. Right. Exactly. So, like, when I moved last year, I think I got rid of like 15 growlers. Wow. Of, yeah. Like It was just... You should take them to a brewery and donate them for them to put on display. Not, I, not mine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I made I, I made a post on Facebook. It was like, hey, anyone want growler? And I was surprised at how many people didn't have growlers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like to me, it's just one of those things that collect in the corner. Yeah, most <laughs> of mine were because I needed a growler at some point and didn't have one, so yeah, I had to go buy yet another. <laughs> I was a, a member of the uh, Flying Dogs Junto Society, their beer club, years ago when it first started, and Everyone had to bring in their growlers for their fills, and not everyone would bring them. And I noticed that, and I had too many growlers once. So I realized <laughs> I can get rid of at least four or five of these the next meeting. Mm-hmm. So I brought them all in, and the next meeting, of course, a couple of people forgot them. And here I had clean, freshly washed growlers. You can have them. Take them, guys. Take the beer yours. Take the beer with it. Yep. So now it is like if I'm someplace and like you don't have a crawler machine, it's yeah. almost offensive yeah. now. It seems like it is, but crawler machines require some maintenance too, a little understanding of packaging beer and how sealing cans works. Well, yeah, so that's another – like some of the people were talking about like, well, the, those are sealed by a machine – if you don't have anyone there that knows what they're doing, right. that seal's not going to be as good as twisting a cap on. Exactly. Yeah. And and for anybody who's set up a crawler machine at all, you know that it's trial and error, and the cans even fluctuate, the, the lids fluctuate, and naked eye is not going to pick up that difference, but that machine has a tolerance that's going to pick up that difference. So, you know, you get a bad can once in a while, it doesn't seal, yeah, you lose a little product. But in the long run, it's it's a better package, it's more clean, it's more efficient. So even though I hate these types of lists... Uh, what's one thing, uh, trend in brewing that you wish would go away? That I wish would go yeah. away. Hmm. I honestly don't really have a good quest- good answer for that question. I um, I I try to receive all aspects of brewing from the perspective that we're all trying to do the same thing. We don't necessarily always want to agree with how we're doing it, but that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong either. And really, we're all trying to provide beer to the masses to make everybody's day a little bit nicer i i wish line um can releases and lines would go away oh because mm. there's beers had... i want to try and it's all gone because it was all canned and sold to people who waited four hours in line which yeah. i'm not willing to do and i would like to try those beers but I think it's Not one of enough. those things that if you really, really care that much about a brewery's beer or that beer in particular, it's going to be like every iPhone release, like yeah. every Black Friday store opening. It You're going to have that group who's waiting for, for tickets or whatever, the can, the bottle. Yeah, I'm missing that gene. I, I don't get it really, but I see the, I'm the marketing behind it. That's a big part of it. The only yeah. thing I've ever stood in line for in my life was a midnight release for um, – Star Wars. No. Um, no. Uh, Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. But I was in high school, so like, I wasn't... It's forgivable. Yeah. And it is the Beastie Boys. It so. was the Beastie Boys, and they hadn't had an album for a long time, and I really liked the Beastie Boys. Who doesn't? But other than that, I, I won't stand in line for things. Yeah, well... Yeah. I, there's always going to be a line. We we actually have been getting a few complaints because some people don't want to stand in the line for five minutes while they're waiting for a beer. It's not even that long. No, I it's will. It's not that long. I'll stand in line for five minutes, but not hours. You're, no, no, no. I know what they're talking about. So when we get into your your beautiful tap room, by the way, when you go up, there's a spot to order your beer from, and you place your order, you get your beer like within like a minute or so. It's Less so, than that usually. It's so yeah. quick, even like jam packed. My wife and I and some friends are all sitting off the side. We see a long line. Like, oh, Taryn, can I get you a beer? She's like, yeah. So we're going up. I get a couple of rounds of beer. That line was like 10 people deep. We were still through and back sitting down enjoying our beers in like four minutes. Right. But towards the end of the night, after you've had several beers, you're 
perception of time might be a little <laughs> yes. skewed. And time so, travel, as I call it. Yes. Sometimes well, it happens. I mean, even if it gets really bad, though, in that setting, then instead it, of sitting at the table, just get your beer, go get back in line. By the time you're done with that one, we have people be ready. make Don't jokes about that a <laughs> lot, actually. But I, like every time, I, like people will complain about that at beer festivals all yeah. the time too. Yep. Like, well, you're just doing it wrong then. No, you got your beer. You went and stood over there and talked to your friends instead of getting back into in another line and right. standing and talking to your friends there. Well, I mean that's the thing is there's lines everywhere. Whether you're in your car, you're driving, you're in the store waiting to buy your food, or going to the bathroom sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't see the line when you're at the restaurant, but there's a line. There's a priority list the waiter's working from. You know, it there's lines everywhere. You just deal with it. Yep. I still want it to go away. So you guys are uh, doing a lot, doing a lot of barrel aging stuff, or I am working on a that. couple things. Um, we have had a few barrel aged beers right now. Uh, they're spirit barrel ages. We outside of the Brett beer that we discussed earlier for the very special high gear club. Top secret. Top <laughs> se- super top secret. But if you join the club, you can find out. Totally ethereal. Um. We yeah, have gram. He's some thirsty. Thistle Finch barrels, uh, rye whiskey barrels, and we just got a freshly emptied gin barrel from Thistle Finch. So it, Thistle so Finch that, is a distillery okay. up in Lancaster, one of the ones that we started you serve with. them. Yes, we do. Uh, and with their spirits, we make beer cocktails, but also I've been buying some of their old barrels to age beer in as well. So I have a porter right now that's aging in whiskey and bourbon barrel. Uh, and I also have my Canary in the Coal Mine Blondale, which was named after our first test fire dry run of the brew system. Uh, we call that one Ginary, and it's aging in two gin barrels right now. One of those is from 1-8 Distilling down here in D.C. area. And the other one is also from Thistle Finch. That's a, um, and maybe I, I do actually like the more spirits of one thing I just, I've never been able to get into. If you're going to get Although, in fermentation, man, you got to do it all the way. <laughs> but a, as I, I tried several of the um, the local, the Frederick distilleries, I have liked quite a few of their things. Good. Like I took a bourbon making class and we okay. aged our own bourbon in the kitchen in a little tiny In the little barrel. mini, yeah. mini kegs. Yeah. Took, uh, Dragon Distillery has yeah. a bourbon making class. Yeah. And it, it was done. It's a hundred proof. It is really smooth. It's like dangerous good. That's awesome. So, but like I've gone to, and maybe it's just whiskey that I don't like. Okay. And because I've been to, although bourbon is a type of whiskey, right? Bourbon yeah. is a sub part of whiskey. Yes. Um, like I've gone to some of the distilleries in Pittsburgh who are supposed to be like like really good ones. People okay. tell me how amazing they are. I went there and I'm like I didn't like. Anything they had. We have a so number of distilleries actually in Pennsylvania. It's pretty outstanding. Uh, our initial uh, plan had actually been to rotate through the distilleries, but Thistle Finch makes such a great product. <laughs> <laughs> just want to stick with that. Yeah, I think stick with the, what you like. For the time being, know. Andrew, just keep cranking it out because you're doing a great job. Is there any more of that left? There is. Good. I like the strawberry. Quite tasty. So what what's your favorite uh, style of beer, both to brew and drink, if they're different? Drinking IPAs generally. I'm a hophead myself. And my Mad Machinist, which I did not bring any for you guys because it's not on tap just yet. Go uh, Saturday. 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 At noon? At noon. Where you could both buy Mad Machinist and join the High Gear Club. And buy your hat. and You can get three. Crowlers of Mad Machinist. Take home Crowlers of Grip Mad Machinist and fill a growler <laughs> of Mad Machinist if you want. And drink one while you're waiting. And do that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've heard there's a really long wait. Yeah. Yeah, it's like four minutes. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> All of four minutes. It's, it's two terrible. minutes of my life. I'll never get back. May as well order a pretzel while you're waiting. Yeah, there you go. The pretzel might be done by the time the beer's done. Yeah. Uh, we do, we do strive for a, a fast turnaround and try to make everybody pleasantly happy at our establishment well so i i um a lot of times before i have someone on i'll go through and read like read on their facebook page and read reviews and stuff Mm -hmm. and one thing i I, you guys do at least on social media have great customer service even the people had absolutely ridiculous poor reviews Mm -hmm. like you went through and you addressed all of them very nice and we, we professional try. even though a couple of the negative <laughs> reviews i run like are do you even know what beer is yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
he can't teach everybody, but part of our job is education. Yeah. Really I didn't is. like this beer because you made it exactly how that beer is described. Uh, hops. One star. <laughs> One star. <laughs> or I love everything except you have a really loud hockey table because your oh, walls are all brick and your floors <laughs> are concrete. It's not Chuck E. Cheese. It yeah. smells like a brewery in here. <laughs> I can't stand the smell of malt. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it smell like baking Can... bread all the time? Can't you put up some air fresheners? Yeah, really. Is this gluten-free? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite question. <laughs> no, get out. It's made with malt. Absolutely not. <laughs> have some spirits. We have cider. Is that gluten-free? They're apples. Yes, they're gluten-free. Yes, yes. So is cycling big in the Chambersburg area? We so, have a pretty strong cycling following, yes. Uh, I would say with Michaud State Park right down the road in between us and Gettysburg. It's a fairly... A, it's a large state park, and there's a lot of trails back there. So there's places to get lost on your bike entirely. And then the reservoir that I mentioned earlier, Caledonia State Park, you can ride all, almost all the way around that. Uh, there's trails that branch off in every direction from it as well. We have a lot of people who really like to get together, go for a ride, and then come meet at the building afterward and have a beer. And we're trying to put together a more consistent slow ride Thursday. Uh, some of the other things that we're, we've been doing for the public as well, uh, we are doing a in-town slow ride. You Usually should hold that up for the camera so everyone can see how bad you're at pouring beer. Oh, my God, you fail. <laughs> Uh, usually four to five miles total uh, taking a very languid pace so that we can keep everybody together but we want to go through Chambersburg and teach people a little bit about some of the history of town maybe stop and see some things that people have been paying attention to Uh, we have discussed trying to do a Saturday morning ride with the brewer maybe a mountain bike ride meet down the road at the park get a run in and then come back to the building when we're open at noon and everybody have a beer so, and then I know that Franklin County cyclists currently meet on Tuesdays, and that's the schedule they've been with for a long time. When we are up to speed and have enough staff that we can be open, we would like to be that destination location where we could start and stop the ride from. Everybody would meet in the parking lot, leave from there, come back, and then have their beer and then go. I like this. I don't, I don't a lot of times I don't like Belgian IPAs. I get that a lot. It gets, yeah little too far into the belgian and not into the ipae part mm. um but the, I, I, this is the perfect balance of thank the, you i like it a lot I, first time i tasted it i was like man flying dog's gonna think this tastes like raging bitch <laughs> <laughs> raging bitch is one of those weird beers it's to me great beer some it's well, delicious it's, sometimes i will have it and it i love it i absolutely love it it's like oh my god this beer is so good yep and then i'll have it another time and like this is awful. Why, how have I ever liked this? Our palate changes on our mood, on our environment. Yeah, our... Apparently, mine swings really far. To... It does. It happens. <laughs> but that's the reason why I produced this Shifting Gear Series IPA. So each IPA is a little different. As I said, the malt recipe is generally the same. But I play with the hops. I do single hop versions. I do different yeasts like this Belgian version. Uh, this is Amarillo and Nugget. So... Next one, actually, number eight is an all Yarillo single hop. And then number nine is already also in the tank. Collaboration brew with Pizza Boy. Yay. Uh, and we use Zythos. He um, must be, like, just a humongous hop head. He is a hop head, yes. That's, like, what, like 80% of their beers are IPAs? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's what sells for the most part in PA. We have a very strong hoppy following. It sells everywhere. Yeah. You yeah, I don't think you needed to add. Yeah. No, I, Maryland is just a lot of people ask if sour beers are really the newest trend, and I don't know that they are. It seems like everybody is going for that bold, beautiful, hoppy product. Well, it's like sour seemed to like they started to catch on. They were, and yeah. then I think the hazy juice bombs kind of went and just spoiled pushed it the, off to the yeah, side. Like, I'll, I'll take a sour <laughs> over a juice bomb any day of the week. To be, I like with sours. You. I think so, well-made sours are delicate finessed labors of love. Well, yeah, well done sour is just amazing. And, and their price point is a lot higher, and so that kind of pushes a lot of people yeah. into drinking something else because you have all of that barrel time, all of that aging, all that extra work that it takes in order to produce that beer. Mm-hmm. Now, unless you're kettle souring, then, well, or do you not consider that true That's sour not true beer? souring. By sour beer, I mean wild fermentation. Gotcha. Pediococcus, lactobacillus, pretanomyces. Because I think what now probably 
more of a trend of sour beers is probably kettle soured beers because I would they're say much yes. quicker and easier and it's cheaper. a much faster turnaround and breweries don't have to put their entire system at risk because things like Britannomyces mm-hmm. don't die very easily. Lactose, <laughs> same thing. Yes. And where I work we don't exactly have a facility where we can actually do big sours. We don't have food or tanks and I have two barrels. So yeah. it's we do mostly kettle sours when we do a sour. It's just that's the way it works. Yeah. So. But I think I mean I think they're just as enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I love them. Maybe not as pure. They're not. But, no. But I, I, and I, there are plenty that are out now that I've really enjoyed. And, and that's only been recently made. My palate has changed more because before I wanted nothing but the hoppiest beers I could find. I yeah. love hoppy. But it's also nice to have a selection of things for everybody who's not hopheads, too. So we have right now the Angelic Red Ale is a nice multi-American red. I have a little bit of my Hefeweizen left over that people really seem to like. It's very banana. Very banana. Very. Um, the Trail Angel that we tried a little while ago is a new style of wheat beer, the Hopfenweiss. Specifically utilizes the Hollertau Blanc and Hewell Melon varietals. Great blend. It is a great blend. It, nice kiwi and honeydew notes. Uh, and then the coriander and the oranges add, add a little more effect to it. You too. made, I remember before Gear House was open, we were hanging out and you made a test batch of this one IPA that I freaking loved. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Trying not to swear. Uh, you call it Tongue Scraper. Yes, we did. I, oh. I first called the, our IPAs Tongue Scraper. The very first batch was uh, a mishap. <laughs> it, was, it was more hops. A little more did. bitter than oh, you. It was oh, like, yeah. I took it to Trogues and had the bottle tested. It was 155 IBUs at 5.3% alcohol. It was ridiculous. <laughs> If you had that first, you were screwed for the rest of the night. I really want, yeah, I yeah. really wanted to call it Palette Wrecker, but of course that yeah, name was a, already taken. So. Yeah, that's also good. It's definitely beer. Tongue Scraper. Tongue it Scraper was, stuck. And oh. Now we call it Shifting Gears, but all of these are loosely based on those first batches. And then that would that would be a good way to describe that triple mango IPA, too. Yes. It, mm. Like it felt like your tongue was just being assaulted. I'm sure it felt like it was <laughs> like sloughing off. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's um, it's a video for Dogfish Head where Sam Caligione, Caligione, Cal- yeah. yeah, yeah, that's word. Um, is talking about Randall the enamel animal mm-hmm. and how it got its name and mm-hmm. like where it they can make the beer so bitter it feels like the enamel's being ripped it's off your, your teeth. teeth. <laughs> yep. And that's uh, so. I guess that's what tongue scraper would have could have named it could yeah. have been well it's not taken and it's not being used just yet so maybe we'll see we we do have a, a all female the crew at gearhouse that is about 50% women actually uh, want they want to get together and make a beer they specifically asked me to design a triple IPA recipe for them and they want to make it so maybe we use that tongue scraper name there I think they, they had something. They wanted to call it, like, Step Through or something, referring to the ladies' frames for bikes. Oh, okay. oh cool. That's so, like, that actually fits well with the theme of the whole place anyway. It does. So we're trying to keep to the biking things a little bit, but Tongue Scraper is one of those that's stuck in my head. Too. Yeah, you gotta, you got you to gotta use that name again. The problem I find with triple IPAs a lot of time, though, is that people make them way too boozy. Oh, yeah, that's, just, that's an issue. It. It, it, they're way too sweet and way too boozy. It's a hard, delicate thing trying to find that middle line balance where you have just enough residual sweetness, just enough alcohol, and a little bit of a malt and a hot profile that all melds together in a certain way. You've got to have a good balance. Beer should be balanced. It should mm-hmm. be structured. And I think my background in wine is what helps me think about all of that when I'm designing a recipe. And how you... When you was three years? About three years, yes, as the winemaker's assistant, Dave Collins. A lot of people know Dave Collins, actually, because he started Big Cork after that. Uh, Okay. So that is a Maryland winery just down the road here. Both very good wineries. Fantastic wineries. That's my, I've never been able to get into wine. (laughs) My wife loves wine. Bring bring her to Big Cork. Take her to Big Cork. Yeah. Okay, Okay. I think she lists that as one of the only um, Maryland wineries that she likes. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. That's high praise for him. Because the other ones, mm. uh, she has a lot of adjectives she uses for them. But I, I, I can guess. <laughs> I've been told not to swear on this show, so. Yeah. Well, it was, it, I mean, it was asked. I didn't so much tell you. <laughs> yeah. 
It was a gentle nudging towards not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. John be proper. <laughs> I have a hard time not swearing. I know. So, do you have anything else exciting coming up you want to talk about before I'm sure we wrap there's up? Something exciting coming up. So, I mentioned the collaboration with Pizza Boy already. Mm-hmm. We are in communication with Flying Dog, trying to discuss a possible collaboration down the road as well. Uh, I remember a nice. time when they were uh, like. Weren't they almost against collaborations at they, one point? At one point, they kind of were. And now they seem to be doing them left and right. They're not, actually. They've only done <laughs> a couple in the last they? couple of years. Yeah, yeah it just seems like... And they've like done them for, like, com- for Saver and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Saver. Small, I guess, like, yeah. small run collaborations. CBC. Yeah, CBC one. That was tasty. Those that are the big marketing ones, like they did one with Evo, they did one with Firestone Walker, they yeah. did one with the Family Tree that was where Adaka and Vanish and several yeah, other did you give them brewers that I used about to that? work with. I did give them crap about that. Yeah, I, Flying dog, come find me. I, I <laughs> thought, I, actually, it was this morning I, w- I was thinking about that because I was like, oh, wait, I remember he did work for Flying Dog. I'm like, wait, they ripped him, or not ripped him off, they... They were I, not so nice to him. I not just include. got my license literally the day they had the collaborating meeting with the brewers. So oh, okay. I, I couldn't have been a part without license in hand. That's what they needed from me. So oh, okay. I, so I did miss fault. the boat for that. Technically, yeah, I guess it's my fault. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but I am interested in still doing something, and I would love to you know, work with my, my pals and buddies again. We all used to brew together. At Flying Dog, and now you know we have Larry Pomeranz who runs Vanish. We have Will yep. Golden way down in Austin, Texas. We've got BJ working with uh, Larry at Vanish. John, I was exactly. trying to get him to come work for us at Flying Dog, and he finally started working with Larry over at Barley and Hops before Larry left for Vanish. Yep. Now we have Eric Gleason there. Eric and I would love to do something with you sometime. I know you guys. W- are whether it's do whether it's your else. house or our house or We're one at do each, both because it's I'm a down. collaboration. It's supposed to go that way. Let's do this. Question is, is what? But we can have that after. Tongue scraper. Tongue scraper. There we go. Maybe we do that. Let's just hang out tonight, drink some beers, and figure this out. Right out of recipe. Done. Um, and you have, again, some, you have some sort of club, too, or something, The High right? Gear Club, yes. Yeah. The High Gear Club. $250 annual membership. You get that beautiful handmade stone growler from out, Growler Outpost, locally made. Uh, you get your T-shirt. Your membership discount card, which provides you a 10% discount on everything made by GearHouse, all our beer and food. You get a 50% off one-time year, per year, sorry, um, event space rental fee. So instead of that $300 rental fee, it's $150. Uh, schedule your holiday party now. Uh, we're kids pushing birthday. We're pushing for <laughs> people. Yeah. perfect kids' birthday. <laughs> for the parents. <laughs> yeah. we kids are, stay in this room. Yeah. Adults, we're going to this they room. Just a pen in the corner. <laughs> there we go. I, Vanish has something like that, don't they? They do actually have a pen in the corner for the kids. You know, I, I was at Vanish this weekend. It was the first time I had gone, and it, the beer was really good. But it was super windy out. And these, um, I hope they listen, because I'm sure they don't. But it still pissed me off. It, it, was, it was ridiculously windy out. And they went and they set up a, all the stuff on the table, including a bag full of wine glasses. Oh, my God. And... The of course the wind knocked over the wine glasses and, and broke all of them. And, yeah, and broke all of them. Well, I have a two-year-old who then, hearing that sound, wants to ran, investigate. Went, and then I hear them complaining that someone wasn't watching their kid and came over and broke. Like I, I wanted to go over and say something, but I figured that would go nowhere. And I no, you should definitely they... say something because <laughs> backing down is not the right answer. <laughs> well, the, the, Murder is always the answer. Our, our friends, I was with the one woman. She's like, "You want me to go over and say something? I'll start a fight with another woman." I'm like, not no, advocating no. violence. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't back down. Just stand your ground. Make well, sure they, you're they weren't truthful. saying anything to me. Like right. I, I overheard them talking to yeah. each other, and I was but like, "But that's no. where you just correct them and make sure that they know what facts are." No, I was gonna send Sloan. Like, daughter back over to break some more stuff but <laughs> assumption is the mother of all f-ups <laughs> so what does barley and hops have anything great what about the salted ipa that's is still it... in progress right oh. now we've got uh an oat uh session ipa coming out soon called Odie mcoat face uh-huh. it's a five percent uh uh ipa with a ton of oats in it to give it a lot of mouthfeel it's actually really you guys really tasty. love memes don't you yes, oh god yeah do. We love weird shit. At least one doesn't. Thank you. <laughs> we love weird things. At least one. This one doesn't reference something filthy. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But we haven't seen the poster. Yeah. <laughs> we've got. We've got some other ideas. We're kind of, kind of, 
curbing ourselves from the uh, the filthy names at the moment. So what I was wondering to do um when you name your beers are like the rest of our Lori, Lori, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like, does she get the references? She's, Sometimes, or, like, does she, and she still will. That, I, yeah, that's like we'll, we'll she sit down through. and Eric you and show Al her will... the video. This is what it's named. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe no. don't push it that far. <laughs> no, you see, because none of us are willing to actually Google those things on our own products. <laughs> hey, let me see this real quick. Yeah. No, we uh, Eric and I will sit down and you know laugh about stuff and drink a beer and talk about the beer that we're making and come up with something either you know timely wouldn't, or... it, wouldn't it be great if we just reference one of the most depraved videos or websites on the internet wait which one because <laughs> <laughs> we've got pick we've got two uh yeah. well, two horribly named beers yeah there's two well, actually, there's like one still on tap though the other one's been kicked and then the the banana um, hammock's still my favorite. That yeah. was a fun well, one. That's got amazing artwork. Oh well, we just too. the artwork's not in yet um, because the beer actually came out earlier. But we've made a a Dunkelweizen, a darker version of banana hammock, and it's now called Floss. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're awesome. <laughs> you know, you can figure that one you, out. You could have just called it G string. <laughs> Wait to see the artwork. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'll mail you a copy. Okay. <laughs> I'll frame it and hang it up in your office nice. for you. There I'll you put go. It right, put it right, we can cover up that uh, chipped paint right there. There you go. That was Graham's fault, by the way. Poor guy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the signal just dropped. It's funny. <laughs> like, and I found out, so we host a couple podcasts here. And I found what, what, out. What, you're seeing somebody else? Well, you no, cheating on me? Oh my god! <laughs> no, I don't host any of the other ones. Um, but I found out the one other one, the host also <laughs> gives him crap throughout the recording. Sometimes <laughs> I'm a punchy guy. <laughs> it's funny that you pick on the person who doesn't have a mic. <laughs> Can't defend himself. No, but he can drop your mic out immediately. He, he has all the power. He does have all the power. I, I literally. Can't turn it back on. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, no, I'd have to get up and go over there. That's just too much work. That means you might them. have to get in line. Yeah. <laughs> but we get to feed him beers. So that's that's yeah, okay. we could, yeah, we would just withhold beer until the, mm-hmm. until he turned the mic back on. Don't worry. You're, you're safe, Grant. We're not, not play this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, John, it's been a pleasure having you as Thank a Thank you for co-host. having me as your co-host. That, what, this is like your... Third time on. Third time on. Oh, wow. Yeah. First John's time as a, a co-host. Celebrity. First time as a co-host, second time with pants. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually surprised when you showed up and you were wearing pants. Oh, speaking of showing up before you run away real quick, I was walking to the parking lot when I saw you, David, pulling up, and I ducked down behind someone's uh, like Ford Escape <laughs> as you drove right by it. I ran behind it, and I was like, you can't see me. And I booked it, and I ran across the rest of the parking lot to get in here. I think everybody else has to know that John was hiding behind the door as I was yes. being walked in by Chris today so that he could film on his phone my reaction to him hiding behind the door and being here prematurely since you told me to meet you at your place. Yes. <laughs> so Surprise even w- Even with those two examples, that doesn't even begin to say how excited he has been i've been wanting this idea, for a long time about the idea of surprising you as he, being... chris asked me uh i don't know a couple months ago or a month at least ago who i should you know are there any other breweries that we haven't had on that you really wanted that we should talk to yeah because it was i think it, ever since i had um old mother mm-hmm. serve as a co-host when i had distilleries on because they were they were doing collaborations with okay. the barrels john was like Dude, if you ever want me, like, I would love to co So, I, I, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I had mentioned that, you know, you need to get uh, David down from Gearhouse. He's like, I know he's not in Maryland, but he's, you know, he's brewed here in Maryland before. Just up the road. Just what's, up the what's road. What's funny, though, is actually, you have probably been the brewery that has been told to me the most that I need to get on. Really? I, there's been, like, five to ten people. Wow, now my ass like, feels shiny. <laughs> that have all said, you need to make sure you get David from Gearhouse on. I was like, all right, all right yep. I will. I I am impressed. That <laughs> Thank you guys very much. So, thank you for coming on, and I'm sorry it 
it apparently took me way too long to make that happen. No, it's not your <laughs> fault. I'm sure I was too busy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not extremely like running gracious a brewery. As, soon as, as soon as I emailed you. You, uh, were, you caught you me know. at a good time. It just happened to be <laughs> the right week for that schedule. <laughs> Right, so thank thank you so much, and I am going to definitely put some effort in trying to come out on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. For what what was like some kind of beer coming out? Mad Machinist. That, my, that was my it. double IPA. It's also just Saturday, so why not? Eight and a half percent. Just go every Saturday. Ninety IBUs. Well, mm. I will have just spent four hours at a swim meet. So oh, you're definitely going to be thirsty. Yeah, that will be my reward. You're going to be thirsty. <laughs> yep. Uh, once again, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, John, thank great you for time, joining guys. me, John. Always good times. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. I would toast, but I'll empty. So am I. I'm not. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and Chris Sanders. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.